0: elastophilia. Elastophilia? To so elastics? Yep. It's a fetish for stretchy materials including spandex, latex, and silicone. Oh, that's me! Oh, cool! <laughs> I love it! Yeah, I thought you would enjoy that.
1: <laughs> oh, I learned a new word today. I'm so excited. I'm going to post it on Facebook and tell everybody. This is great. <laughs>
0: You are now listening to another episode of the Kinky Heating Podcast. Welcome back. This is part two of the three part series Latex with Miss Rubber. This week, Miss Rubber, aka Bianca, she discusses what it's like to want to wear latex with her Jordans. She talks about how it feels when latex is on your body and riding the subway feeling you ain't got nothing on sitting next to somebody's granny. Stay tuned for that and more. Welcome to the show. If you
1: do it, you know, if you le- if you get into latex, you have to learn how to fix it. I don't know how to completely fix everything yet, so don't ask me any questions. <laughs> um, but <laughs> don't, because I'm going to tell you to go talk to someone else. <laughs> I
0: still ask questions. That's real. I
1: still ask questions. You know, but there, yeah, you can learn how to repair it yourself because you will have steam splitting sometimes, especially as you get like older latex and, you know, um, it keeps breaking down as it gets older. And if you don't maintain it, if you're not washing it and packing it properly and maintaining it properly, um, the latex will absolutely get moldy and damaged and all the other stuff and start to disintegrate.
0: That is, okay, so I know latex latex is is the sap from the, the rubber trees. But it didn't. Mm-hmm. Occur, I guess because it can be considered organic, it would mold. But have mm-hmm. you ever had anything mold? How, how does how does that work? Because you say you have to care for yeah. it. Yeah. What other things do you have to do? Can you speak speak to us about that? Yeah, I go to my
1: event. It's all lubed up. Other people are touching it. So you have body oils on it. You have smoke in the air. You have environmental things. Whatever. You come back home. You take it off. You throw it a ball on the floor. And that's where you start to have problems. So you have to hang it up. You have to wash it. I use like Dawn dish soap if there's something like really gross or something like that on my dress and just warm water and you just dip it in there and clean it. And you hang it on a non-metal hanger and you let it drip dry. Uh, what does the metal hanger have to do? Because it will cause a chemical react also rot and you will damage your latex. Then this is when people get into different ways of doing it. Some people cover their latex in like a talc, type powder, which dries it and it keeps it you know, fresh and they fold it up and they put it away for long storage. I personally hate the powders. I feel like it's just really gross on my skin. Um, I store it with tissue paper in between the uh, layers.
0: Okay, so where would you store it? Since it is kind of an organic material, does it need like a certain temperature?
1: You're going to want to store it in a cool, dry place. You don't want to store it with much moisture because, as you said, it's a living organism, so it will mold. But yeah, so that's like the basic maintenance of a latex job or a latex
0: straw, but That seems like a lot. It is. <laughs> that seems that seems like a whole lot. It is. In your uh, Melbourne rubber interview, you were talking about there's um, for people that want to that want to try it. There's some sort of. Uh, Library? Oh, yeah. In San Francisco, I I don't know what's going on with COVID. In San Francisco, we had the latex
1: library. And that's actually how I started getting some of my earlier pieces um, because I didn't know what size I was. Because, again, I'm plus size. And a lot of the latex people, like Libidex or somebody else, um, will be overseas and are converting sizes. And I was super uncomfortable making that type of investment without actually trying stuff on first. So they had the latex library where the San Francisco uh, Rubber Alliance uh, had purchased a bunch of different items, just basic items like polo shirts and pants, um, maybe like little boy shorts or, or, you know, whatever, a vest or whatever uh, in various different sizes. And they kept them stored so that I would allow other people to try it on or it would allow people within the rubber community to have access to latex, even if they didn't have the funds to do so. So you could still participate in the fetish because it's very, very expensive to maintain by latex. I, I mean, I, I'm Miss Rubber San Francisco, but I don't have a closet full of latex because it's, it's, it's a lot. You still have bills to pay. So they created a way for the community to be able to still participate within the fetish, even if they didn't have the funds to do so. So I also recommend that people look at eBay because there's a lot of people who are selling latex who just, they don't, they're not into it anymore. They don't have a need for this particular size and you can get a really, really good deal and get a couple of different really cool items, maybe like a personalized piece that you wouldn't have been able to afford. Um, there's a lot of latex make- makers, um, like different you know designers who actually have eBay stores where they get rid of the one-offs, where they'll make the sample size of something, or something was like slightly damaged, or you know someone returned something, or whatever the case might be. They'll sell it on eBay, and you can get an amazing discount before you have to pay full price because. As much as I love latex, I also have bills for pay. I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast do. So like, you know, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be the have and the have nots, right? We can all play this game. We can all participate. We just have to find a little bit more creative ways to make it a little bit affordable for everybody else, you
0: know? For people that are just starting out and want to try this. You said eBay is is a good way to start. But how can you tell between like cheap latex and good latex like you know it's kind of like with a paper plate there's really good paper plates and then there's like dollar tree i mean they get the job done but for how long
1: i look for established brands so like allure bound she is i believe in maryland baltimore um she's an established brand and she also does sample sales on her ebay account or you know because they're down in l.a um, and then I look for their eBay accounts or, you know, once you find one, you can kind of find the rest. If you do a little bit digging, um, I would look for like, you know, people who are not businesses who are selling like a piece or two here or there. You also look at the reviews for the eBay sellers because a lot of people will say a lot in the reviews for the sellers. Etsy, Etsy is also in a really amazing place because Etsy always has these small business owners. Um, and I was able to find, uh, Kay- I hope I'm saying her business name correct. I have this Kaoris Latex, K-A-O-R-I-S Latex. She's based in the UK and I found her on Etsy. She's the one who made that latex dress that you saw from Melbourne Rubber. Um, and she is awesome. She custom made it to my size. Her prices are not outrageous, but her design is just the the patterns and colors and things that I'm into instead of just like a black dress were just amazing. So Etsy is also a really amazing place to find um, latex people. And Etsy is also really amazing because you can definitely look at the reviews and see the feedback from people and see like good items. Um, Yummy latex is also a really good place. Um, And I also look on Instagram um, I'll see where the latex models are getting their outfits from or the uh, latex, the people who actually make the sheets of latex, who they're selling to. Um, and then I figure out, yeah, I figure out, I do a lot of searching because for women's clothes, it's really hard to find latex. It's really, it's a lot more simpler if you were, if I was a man, if I was a man, I could find latex at a drop of a hat. Inexpensive, I could probably get pieces all the time, all these different things. But for women's clothes, it's really hard. And then I'm plus size on top of that. So it's even harder for me. I want to look just as cute as everybody else. I like matching, you know, my Jordans to my latex dress and things like that. I love incorporating all those different colors. So for me, it was really important to find someone who wouldn't just put me in like a fat girl's dress. And on, you know what I mean? I wasn't into that. <laughs>
0: That makes sense. Every sense of the word, it, it does. It makes sense for your for your coin wise, and it, and it makes and it makes sense life wise. When you buy them on on eBay, what's a good price point for used materials? Because you said you may pay um, two hundred dollars for it for a dress if it's brand new. So, what's a good price point for, for people to start out at? Should I say one hundred dollars, fifty dollars?
1: It really depends on the piece and what you're looking at. Um, if you're looking at a full dress. You might be looking, depending on the the amount of work that went into it, if it's just a simple dress, I'm sure you could get it for like 100 bucks, or like $150 or even less than that. Um, I've gotten a skirt. Uh, I actually got a skirt from someone who used to be a pro dom um, and she was retiring. And so she was selling her little garter skirt and I got that for $65 on eBay. And she had only wore it, like, a few times, and it was made by Westbound Latex. Um, So it it was, you know, a brand that I knew, a brand that I trusted. And she gave me a a great deal on a bunch of pieces. But that's because it was an individual selling. On, like, Westbound or Libidex pages, it'll just be a discount off of their regular cost of whatever they're charging you. They also usually, if you sign up for their, um, uh, like, mailing list, they have like really, really good sales sometimes. Like sometimes you can get like a 60% off. I know like a bunch of people wait for like a specific week of the year where they have like a 60% off sale and just buy a bunch of different things. Um, Or they might buy like the outfit of the day or whatever. You kind of have to maneuver. If you're a woman, I'm speaking directly to the women here. If you're a woman, you kind of have to maneuver and pick out what item what the item looks like and how much work went into it. Um, so if it's like a high collar dress, I, I don't think you're going to pay $200 for a high collar floor length dress. I just, I, I don't see that happening. You might pay, you know, 400 300 to $400, which is a lot cheaper, but you're, it's not going to be like a $20
0: dress on eBay. <laughs> you're not going to get like a deal like that. So if it's, so the easier it is to make it, the the less expensive it may be.
1: Yeah, the more more basic it is, the less expensive it's going to be. So like classic pieces, like a simple black dress or a classic piece like a black skirt, or like a red skirt, or something that's just like a simple one to anyone can do it, you're going to get a better deal on. It's when you have latex that's multiple colors, when you have latex that has corsets and embellishments and bows and buttons and stripes or patterns or the length of the latex is longer or you know something like that where there's a lot where you can see the artistry in it that's going to take a little bit more money more money because they really put a lot of work to making this latex look like clothing so they do charge accordingly and so you're going to see a higher price point as you get more intricately involved in latex. Especially if you're into like the GIMP outfits, which is the one that covered the face and stuff. It's not something that I'm into. But once you start talking about those like full body things um, that include like feet and, and then you also have socks and things like that.
0: Those price points definitely start to get added up as you get accessories and things like that. That's a whole lot of information. Just to start out with it. No, I mean, it's it's, it's great information because I didn't know any of this. I'm, I'm definitely gonna have to split this episode in into what you need to know about LaTeX in the beginning. This is probably gonna be a three part episode, if I'm being honest.
1: I mean, I have, yeah, I have a really great friend of mine, Harley, who teaches this amazing 101 class, and this is not even touching half of the stuff that she goes over, and it's it's really it's intense
0: sometimes. It's really intense. It's a full time part-time job sometimes that's definitely what it seems like because we haven't even got to, to how this relates to sex <laughs> we was just getting we was just went shopping and got dressed
1: <laughs> you know that's how you get the sex though that's how you start <laughs>
0: That's true. That's true. Okay, I like that. I can spin that. As I was doing my research, I read that floggers can be made out of rubber as well. And also, and you also put down that you're in the impact put. Have you ever had a rubber flogger? Um, no, I haven't. I mean, no, I don't think I
1: have. I, I've definitely seen them. I don't feel like I've played like long term with them. I have latex, one of my favorite things in latex is actually getting into the latex cube. What is that? (laughs) So it's like, think of a 3D cube that's made out of, oh, what are those white pipes called that you can get at like Home Depot? They're really light. PVC? Yeah, PVC pipes. So it's like a PVC type cage almost. And then you put this piece of latex that's kind of shaped like a cube, like a 3D cube. Think like a 3D cube in your head. Um, It's almost like a little box, and you put your body inside of it, and then they can vacuum seal it so all the air suction's out, and you're inside this box in whatever position that you positioned yourself in, and so it's almost like the Star Wars movie when um, Harrison Ford, when Harrison Ford is in that ice, that ice at like Jabba the little bar or whatever it kind of looks like that and you're encased in latex
0: and what does that do because first of all I've never seen Star Wars Oh, you can do so many things
1: when you're immobilized when you're immobilized I can put a vibrator up against your private I can tickle you if that's what you're into I can hit you with things Um, we can start attaching a lot of things in a lot of different places (laughs) A lot when you're immobilized in a few of latex, it's like very. It also is like suffocating a little bit, like mummification.
0: Really awesome. Wow. So, and this can also go into bond. It, it crosses the boundaries of bondage, of uh, breath play, of um, I talked to God. I talked to Godly about his uh, his immobilization with ropes. Mhm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. That's wild. Yeah. It was great. I I've done it a few times. Um, I was out in Minnesota and we did it on stage in front of everybody, and it was so much fun. It was so much. Fun. I, was in, I was in Iowa. Sorry, it was in Iowa, um, and it was so much fun. And they hooked a the vibrator up, and you're I'm completely on stage having like an orgasm in front of all these people, but no one can actually see my body. But they just hooked. You know, a vibrator. And you can see the outline, but you can't actually see me. So it's like you're naked, but you're not. And you're immobilized at the same time.
0: I don't know. I think I might be scared of the immobilization. Like, the, like there's, there's a fear for, um, I just studied this. There's a fear of being stuck, of being unable to move. Well, yes.
1: Well, that's half the fun. Because you know that it's just a vacuum. So you can always add more air. You're not covering your face. It's usually from the neck below. Um, you could put like a gimp hood on if you want a total sensory deprivation. But it's it's a it's a sensory deprivation experience. If you're into sensory deprivation, it's something definitely to experience and to feel. And it's a little bit claustrophobic. So if it's not your not your jam, I totally get it. Um, but it's also
0: super exciting at the same time. I got it. Berentophobia. That's what it is. Marinthophobia is when you're scared of being being stuck. But when you're marinthophilic, it's like you, you like the bondage. People that are typically into breath play and all that are into marinthophilic where they like being stuck positioned.
1: I love it. That's that's me. That's that's complete and that's almost I think what latex like outfits feel like where you're a little bit claustrophobic sometimes. For me, it might not be just for everybody, but for me it's like I'm sometimes I'm a little bit claustrophobic. Sometimes I'm a little bit immobilized where, you know what I mean, like things are where they are and you can't really move all the time, you know what I mean? And then you also have this added level of moisture. It's pretty hot
0: sometimes. I'm familiar with the feeling of the moisture running running down and you're not sure exactly where it came from, but you can feel it running down your leg. It's awesome.
1: It's an amazing feeling. And then when you're wearing latex, it's, for me, I automatically feel sexy. You know, I hop on the train. I live in Oakland and we travel to San Francisco all the time. I hop on the train into San Francisco. And when I hop on the train, I'm wearing latex. I'm completely covered. But I completely feel naked at the same time. And if it's hot, like during the summer or whatever, I might have a jacket on. I might not have a jacket on. I might just be in a dress or in an outfit or something like that. And I'm completely exposed, but no one can see me. Ever. It's it's so hot. It's such an amazing feeling. And it totally turns me on. Because I'm sitting there feeling completely naked. But like someone, like my mother is sitting right next
0: to me and she can't tell. <laughs> so you don't wear any sort of undergarments underneath it? Okay.
1: So just as a, as a human being, I really don't like undergarments. It's just not my thing. I just, it's not my jam. That's fair. Some people wear latex, some people wear latex undergarments um, underneath. Uh, But typically when you wear latex, you're usually not wearing anything underneath um, if it's not latex because other fabrics will damage the latex.
0: So you're usually naked under latex.
1: But, yeah, I'm never wearing anything underneath, ever.
0: I'm really thinking about trying this. Like, like I... I'm really thinking about this because this sounds really kind of hot. It, 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 it is. <laughs> it sounds like so much fun. It really, really is. Before you go, I'd like to talk to you about your car's warranty. Well, but seriously, I want to say thank you for listening to my podcast, each and every one of you. I hope you learned something. Please interact with the show on Instagram at thekinkyheatonpodcast.com. I am working on getting the blog site up. If you like it, tell everybody. Like, comment, sh- subscribe, share it with a friend, a friend of a friend, an enemy, whoever. If you don't like it, shh, tell me I'm listening as always. It's okay, I accept feedback, just like I accept in five-star reviews. Not saying that you have to, but it would be nice. I am on all platforms, so there's no excuses. And until next week, thank you for listening to the Kinky Heaton Podcast.